SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. I'm Brad Brown, and I'm going to be with you for the next half hour chatting all things sports. And coming up on the show today, we'll have uh, a chat with Chris Bowers to find out exactly what happened day three of the Australian Open. We'll also be joined by Siabelo Sanatla and Haddis Fulyun on this evening's show too. And speaking of Australian Open tennis, we'll have all those results in just a moment. But allegations of match-fixing within the sport continue to circle after a newspaper interview Turin today published the names of 15 players who are allegedly linked to that scandal. Speaking after his victory today, world number one Novak Djokovic showed his frustration at the continued speculation. Anybody can create the story about any match. That's my point. I mean, there hasn't been too many matches where top players lost in the last you know, decade or so uh, in the early rounds. And, you know, you can, you can pick any match that you like that the top player lost and just create a story out of it. I think it's, it's just... It's not supported by any any kind of proofs, any evidence, any facts, and it's just a, it's just a speculation. So I don't think there is a story about it. The South African Seven squad was announced today for the Wellington and Sydney legs of the HSBC World Sevens series. Philip Snaymon will captain the side for the first time. Kyle Brown and Cecil Africa both missing out on the trip to Australasia due to injuries. The squad is as follows. Dry, Snaymon, Dupria, Smith, Ngobo, Hochart, Colby, Benjamin, Gedult, Speckman, Sanatla and De Jong. Meanwhile, flank Michael Hoop has been named as captain of the Waratahs for the 2016 Super Rugby season. Looking ahead to the Six Nations, uh, Nations Welsh coach Warren Gatlin believes Ireland are going to be the team to beat in this year's competition. They're the defending champions. They had a disappointing World Cup run last year and Gatlin believes the depth in Irish rugby is what gives them the edge over the other teams. Given the experience that they, that they have and knowing how to win and particularly under pressure, um, you know, they've lost a couple of experienced players as well and uh, that always makes it tough um, you know, for some of the Celtic nations that don't have quite the same depth but um, you know, it's going to be a tough proposition for Wales play Ireland in their open and Gatlin's confident they've done the hard graft. I think we're in a good place at the moment. We've got some, some players that have come back from injury. Obviously, we've, we've still got one or two players that picked up injuries during the World Cup, but I think 31 of that squad were, were involved in the World Cup. Um, so there's a lot of continuity, um, and I think we go into this tournament um, you know, with a lot of confidence and, and the self-belief that we can have a good tournament I mean that first up game against Ireland is obviously massive for us away from home and if we can get a victory there then it sets us up you know hopefully nicely for, for the home game against Scotland On to football news new Bidvest Vitz recruits Cavatinho Mchango will spend the remainder of the Premier Soccer League season on the sidelines with his new club unable to register him for this campaign the Malawian international striker rejected current side Bloom Celtic and signed a pre-contract with Vitz that will see him join the Gauteng club uh, on June the 1st, but Vitz have already used their quota of five foreign players uh, for the 2015-2016 season. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Trap, we'll chat to Chris Bowers and find out what happened today at the Aussie Open. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, it was another fascinating day's tennis at Melbourne Park. The Australian Open continues. And uh, after yesterday's uh, major upset, Rafael Nadal going home, Chris Bowers joins us now. Chris, were there, were there any more big upsets, or was it pretty much business as usual today? It was more business as usual. I mean, we don't want too much carnage in the first week, or you haven't got enough big names for the second week. But we lost the women's sixth seed and twice Wimbledon champion Petra Kvitova. She was the the biggest casualty of the day, but um, 
I think the, the, the big match never quite got going, and that was the one between Agnieszka Radvanska, the fourth seed, and Junie Bouchard, who had such a good year in 2014 and such a bad year last year. But he seems to be coming back to some sort of form. And, um, but Radvanska showed that uh, Bouchard's still a long way short of it with a very comprehensive 6-4, 6-2 win, which included uh, the pole coming back from 2-4 down in the first set to win four games on the run and take that first set. So that was the, the, a slightly fizzling out big event, but um, a useful day nonetheless. Most of the big names through, but bit of the casualty. All right, fantastic. Let's look at the men's signals. Obviously, some of the big names were in action today. Novak Djokovic, uh, he got through quite easy. He was pushed in the third set, but straight sets in the end. Also, uh, David, uh, uh, Roger Federer, rather, also also getting through in three. Thomas Burdish through in three. Grigor Dimitrov was made to work slightly four-setter for him, but uh, none, none of the big names really troubled. No, I mean, I think Federer will be the happiest of those to have come through. He didn't play particularly well. He says the courts are playing quite quick, which made his returning a little bit difficult. I just think that's a bit of an excuse that, you know, his backhand just wasn't working today. And it was the kind of match where, had he been up against somebody who really believed they could beat him, um, he might have been in trouble. But he was up against Alexander Dolgopolov, a Ukrainian player who's uh, very much grown up on the tennis circuit and is, is a lovely player to watch, but I don't think he's a particularly good match player. And uh, Federer won that one largely because he served so beautifully. 25 aces is a very high ace count uh, for 14 service games and three sets but uh, you know Federer perhaps used the the extra speed of the court a lot of serves out wide uh, to the forehand and the deuce court so um, I think Federer is, is he's building something new to his game every year and uh, although he's concentrated a lot on the fleas in recent years his serves seem to be working extremely well at the moment you mentioned Australian veteran Leighton Hewitt yesterday who won his uh, first-round clash. Another one of the Aussies uh, was in action today, the youngster Nick Kyrgios. How did he go? <laughs> yes. Um, it's always entertaining when Kyrgios plays. You're never quite sure what you're going to get. And <laughs> when, when you get something interesting, you're never quite sure whether it's socially acceptable or not. He was fined... Uh, three and a half thousand dollars for an audible obscenity in his match on Monday. I don't think he said anything that he shouldn't have done in his match today. He came through in three sets, having saved a set point or two in the third set. So he's doing well. You know, he's great entertainment. I'm not entirely sure how far he's going to go in tennis, because although he's got immense talent, I think his mind goes walkabout or looks to be the entertainer more than the actual tennis player in the middle of matches. But, uh, hey, he's into the third round, which means we have another round of entertainment <laughs> of uh, curiosity at this Australian Open. Chris, how's he, how's he take, or how's the Australian public taken to him? Obviously, he's playing at home, so he's got to be one of the favourites for the Aussies. But, do, I mean, globally, is the bad boy of tennis at the moment. How do the Aussies uh, take him? Uh, I think it's an intergenerational thing that most of the Aussies under 40 love him because he's I mean, he's actually a very nice guy, I have to say. He's not one of these people who you think, oh, gosh, I look forward to him losing. Uh, I mean, he's got this very weird hairstyle that changes. Uh, I say hairstyle, there isn't much hair there anymore because he's done too much uh, shaving of it. But, you know, it's a sort of a Mohican look. He's got lots of tattoos. He wears this sort of very sleeveless shirt. It looks like a sort of... Um, parking lot basketball player from one of the American cities. Uh, he's a remarkable character, and I think a lot of you know the younger 
Australians identify with him as very much a representative of today's young Australian people. The older ones, who uh, still prefer their cricket in white clothing, <laughs> I think, think he's a bit of a... Um, you know, he's not a particularly helpful um, role model, but um, you know, the intergenerational views of things, the, the differences were ever there, and I think Kyrgios is just uh, highlighting them at the moment. Sounds like the John McEnroe of the 70s and 80s. Yes, absolutely. Good example. Chris, we spoke about it yesterday, the match-fixing allegations within tennis, and uh, there were more today, a newspaper in Turin publishing some names. Still speculation, though. There's no hard evidence. That's right, and that was the point Novak Djokovic was making uh, when he was asked about this after his win against the 19-year-old Frenchman, Quentin Alice. And uh, he got rather annoyed about it. He eventually said, I'm not answering any more questions. This is, this is speculation. This is doing damage to people's reputations, and, you know, you either deal in evidence or you don't. And I have to say, I have a lot of sympathy for this. Um, when I woke up this morning, I listened to the Tuesday evening uh, BBC News because I wanted to see what the BBC was saying and because I was told that more names would be named. And uh, it was essentially down to a policeman that uh, identified the Argentinian player involved in the uh, controversial Sopot match in Poland back in 2007 as having had links to four Italian syndicates. Well, having links does not mean evidence. And I, 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 what worries me about this whole thing is that it is very much trial by hearsay, trial by rumour, um, rather than trial by any evidence. And I think a lot of damage is being done both to people and the image of tennis um, when there's no actual evidence that's come uh, to the fore. Maybe the evidence will come to the fore. Maybe all this is trying to force people to make confessions of stuff, but uh, it strikes me as an unsatisfactory process from a judicial point of view, because uh, reputations are being trashed along the way, um, which uh, may be entirely unfair. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's look ahead to tomorrow. What's, uh, what's in store? Well, the big one is going to be Leighton Hewitt's match against David Ferrer. Uh, so much was made of Hewitt's match on Tuesday night uh, because this is the last tournament of Hewitt's 20-year professional career. He said he's retiring as a, as a player at, at the end of this one. He beat his fellow Australian James Duckworth. So he had one big win on the Rod Laver Arena. He'll have another match on the Rod Laver Arena against the HC David Ferrer. I think that one's going to be one too many. Uh, he would probably have one or possibly two sets that are close, but I don't see Ferrer losing the match. I don't really see him losing a set. So this could well be Leighton Hewitt's farewell. We've got Andy Murray against Sam Groff on the uh, afternoon session. That could be a reasonable match. And we've got both Ivan Ivanovic and Gabinia Muguruza on the uh, main court action. Muguruza looked very good in her first round, and you never know. This could be the year that she really makes the breakthrough and wins one of the four majors. We'll have results from those and more tomorrow morning on AM Live. Chris Bowers, as always, thanks for the chat. We look forward to, to doing it again. No problem, Brad. Mancosa, Africa's leading international business school. Accredited, affordable, and accessible management education programs. Mancosa offers postgraduate diplomas in business management and MBA. Register today at our Graduate School of Business. Visit mancosa.co.za or SMS Mancosa and your email address to 34745. Think MBA. Think global. Think Mancosa. Management education. Reimagined. Don't forget to tune into the health update tomorrow at 5 past 11. Proudly brought to you by MediClinic. Expertise you can trust. Music
SAFM brings you live, interactive, topical news from current affairs, global warming debates, women's issues, to interviews with top literary connoisseurs. To join our conversations, visit our website on safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader and uh, some more cricket to look forward to this coming weekend. It's the final of uh, the four tests between the Proteas and England and the pressure has firmly been on the Proteas in this series. They trail uh, that current series 2-0 after a pretty epic draw in the second one, that uh, test down in Cape Town, but uh, the series has been lost. They're going to try and salvage some pride in the, the final test at Supersport Park in Centurion. We join now by Proteas Quick Hardis for you and Hardis, welcome on to uh, SAFM. Thanks for, for joining us. You, you made your debut in this series, what does it feel like to be called a protea? Yeah, well, it's still something new. It still feels um, so surreal to to be called a protea. I, I still feel that you almost can't call yourself a protea until you have played a few more tests. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still, it's still a very proud moment and and proud to be part of that system. It, it must be hard. I mean, you, you grew up playing cricket. It's I think it's every little boy's dream in, in South Africa to, to one day represent his country. What did it feel like to get the call from the selectors to say, you know what, so you, you're in the squad, and then when you finally get picked to play your first test as well, describe that feeling for us. You know, no, most definitely. Um, as, you, as you said, um, it's every young boy's dream to represent your country and to put on that green and gold over your head. Um, for me, when I got the call... Um, as I told everybody, I, I couldn't believe that such a phone call can make you so emotional um, of pure joy. And, and you know that hard work and everything that you've worked for um, is actually starting to become a reality. Um, so for me, it was, it was a massive, massive privilege and an honor to be a part of that system and, and to be part of the approaches at this stage. So, yeah, I really, I really can't say anything, anything else. I'm actually speechless. Um, towards my baby and everything happens so quickly. People keep on telling yourself things happen quickly until you actually realize for yourself. Listen, uh, last week you still played a franchise game and next week you're part of, or the next day you're part of the, of the protest setup. So, so things happen quickly and as I said, it's just a massive honor and, and a privilege to be part of the protest setup. Who did you phone first after you got that phone call? Um, look, you actually start at your parents. <laughs> so I, I first tried to phone my dad, and my dad didn't answer because he was on the phone with my sister, and then I phoned my mom, and she burst out in tears, and, and yeah, then I went down the line to my sister, <laughs> and then my aunt, and then, uh, you know, they, they, luckily we don't have a big family, so, so that wasn't too bad. I just, let, let's talk about the series. I mean, obviously the Proteas under the pump, tunnel down in the series. Series being lost, uh, one game still to go. The last thing we want is to lose that thing 3-0. The, the pressure is really on. It, it's a tough time to come into the setup. And, and also, if you think about from from a quick bowling perspective, without Dale Stain, he's a, he, he leaves a, a huge gap in that, that bowling attack. Vern Philander also struggling with injury. It, it was a tough time to, to, to come into the setup. Yeah, look, it will always be a massive role to step into... Um to, you can't basically say you want to replace a Dale Stain or a Vernon Freeland. I mean, they're world-class bowlers. Both of them are under the top 10 bowlers in the world. Um, so I wouldn't say um, like you, you're trying to fall in a bowler, but to, to make a debut 
and and to have the guys that you that that we played with, like me, Chris Morris, and Kisha Rabada, that played together for 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 the um, Lions last season, it was it, in a way it was such an, a, a beautiful time and and such an honor and a privilege um, feeling to to be able to share those moments with those three guys that that we played with together last year, but. Um, Yes, it, it does make it quite difficult to, to, to just come in and, and you know that suddenly you have to be a lot more matured in, in that position that you're going to fulfill. But as I said, um, I would have taken it, I would have been happy enough if I had to make my debut um, with bowling with two other guys or, and, or three different guys. I mean, it's just a massive honor just to be, be able to make your debut for the Proteus. As a team, how did the Proteas bounce back in, in this fourth test to, 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 to just salvage some pride? I mean, it's, it's been a tough series. The India series was really tough on the team as well. And, and the last thing we want to do is, is end off this little batch of test cricket as we lead into the, the T20 World Cup. In, in, on, on a sort of bad note, we almost want a bit of positive. How, how do we turn things around? Yeah, look, I don't think there's anything wrong with the team as, as such. There's, there's literally nothing wrong with the team. Um, I think it's just cricketing-wise. I, I mean, if... If things go your way in cricket, they go your way like in every way possible. But in cricket, in terms like from experience and and what I've um, what I've found is when things don't go your way, guys take blinder catches like um, like the catch that that got Ashton out, the catch that got Dane Villas out, and um, Stuart Broad's catch, how he caught um, Fuff out with that one-handed catch diving forward. I mean, on a different day, that go that those two balls. That got Hashim and Dane Villas out goes for four, and suddenly everything is going your way again. So there's there's, there's not nothing wrong. Um, I feel the guys are in a great great space and in a positive mindset. And we've we've actually had two good training sessions um, yesterday and today. So everybody's in a really good space. It's just about that that little that little ball that needs to roll over, and and we need to start creating our own momentum again. Talking about some of the performances in that previous test match, I mean, obviously it's on the opposite end uh, of the fence, so to speak. Uh, but as a quick, I mean, you must have sat there watching that performance by Stuart Broad in, in South Africa's second batting innings and, and, and just thought, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It's probably one of the best bowling spells I've ever watched. I, I don't know about you. Yes, no, definitely. I mean, you can't take anything away from Stuart. He really bowled well. He hit consistent lengths and consistent areas more often than we did as a bowling unit. And I think that's that's one area that 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 I certainly could learn from is it's not always about how quick you bowl, but but your consistency. And I mean, it, it's it's a nice positive to go and to go work on, and to realise, listen, you know, we've we've got a young enough bowling attack um, at the Proteas, the young guys that's coming up. So for us to to see that as a learning curve, that's a massive positive that we can take out of that game. Yeah, apologies for me. I'm saying Chris Broad. That's Stuart's father. Stuart Broad is the, the bowler. Chris Broad yeah, uh, is yeah, his dad, yeah. uh, who's with the ICC, match, uh, match official. So thank you very much uh, for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap uh, this evening. I just best of luck uh, on, on your on, on the future of your career and, and, and may it be a long and, and prosperous one with, with the Proteas. We look forward to seeing you uh, and, and with that Protea badge on your shirt uh, and many, many more test matches to come. No, thank you very much, and I really appreciate the call. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game.
Well, the next two legs of the HSBC World 7 Series are coming up very, very soon. Uh, the first one in Wellington, New Zealand, and then uh, they head off to Sydney in Australia. And we're joined now by one of the gentlemen that will be representing South Africa uh, at uh, the next two tournaments. Uh, is uh, the man with the jet shoes, Sibelo Sinatla, joins us on SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Sibelo, welcome. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us today. Well, thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much for the for the invite as well. I think it's really nice to be here. So, Bello, it's a, it's an it's an exciting trip. This is a, a tough one. If if you look at the various sort of legs of of the World Series, uh, the one in Australia and New Zealand is is always a tough one. They they two very difficult tournaments. Uh, it's a long way from home, but you guys are excited. You've done the hard work, and obviously going into this leg with a bit of momentum after after the Cape Town Sevens. Yeah, geez, eh? It's long travels. I think the guys are going to want to get more, more than anything uh, before we get the show started. But I think uh, the guys are pretty excited. Um, the vibrations of the team are unbearable. You know, the guys are really buzzing to go out there and try to make a success of these two tournaments. You know, these are the toughest paths normally to travel to uh, regarding time and fatigue and all of that. And it has been a while uh, since we last grabbed one. So I think the guys are pretty much eager to change that and looking forward to, to being on the field again. Just looking at the, the squad that was uh, announced today that, that will be travelling to that tournament, obviously a change in, in the captaincy. Philip Snayman going to be uh, wearing that armband. Kyle Brown and Cecil Africa are, are both injured. Those two, uh, Kyle and Cecil, are, are huge players in that, that seven squad. They're going to be missed. But are uh, you you're confident that uh, the guys coming in and, and stepping up are, are, are the business, that they, they can do what they need to do to, to help you guys win? Yeah, obviously I'm living. Carl and Cecil and a few of the experienced guys, it's kind of a bummer for us, but I think the guys stepping in are equally as good, you know. Um, there are guys that have been in the system for, for a while, for more than one season, so they've been playing in the academy side, and they're now system pretty well, so I'm not really fussed about that. You know you know what I said, a good mixture and experience and enthusiasm will take you a long way, and I think we've got enough experience to the team to pull us through, and I've got, I think we've got enough young boys as well to to pretty, to pretty much be excited about the whole thing and let the, uh, the older guys come in down a little bit. But you've got fossils and you've got youngsters, which is a good mix. So let's, let's touch on that, that Cape Town tournament just briefly, if you don't mind. So you talk about the momentum that you're taking from that one. It was the first time that the, the tournament had been played uh, since the move from, from Nelson Mandela Bay to Cape Town. Day one probably yeah. wasn't uh, the, the Blissbrook's finest performance, but to bounce back on day two like you did, that, that must give you guys a lot of confidence. It shows a lot of character within that squad. You probably give you guys headaches in day one, hey. <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> you guys will literally... Like banging your heads on walls and stuff, but I'm glad we pulled on uh, that one uh, in day two and had a little bit more of composure and and was more clinical in that regard. I think that has given us so much momentum. Jeez, I think uh, the energy we got from the court as well pulled, pulled us through. And I think we need to. Well, the guys are really willing to see where the momentum is going to take us. You know, from from the last tournament, the guys want to see like what's going to happen next now that we. They're really firing, and now we've got momentum, you know, really moving forward. The guys want to see how far we can get, you know. So I think um, the momentum will, will only do us great, and the Cape Town Sevens League was also was really awesome. I think taking nothing away from PE, but it was um, one, of, one of the special ones, you know what I mean? I've never played in an atmosphere like that before, and you know, playing in that was really special. I can't really describe it. I don't really have words for it. 
So well, if, uh, just just so you know, I, I would rather, as a as a rugby fan, I'd rather have you sneak into the cup quarters and then play fantastically well on day two, as opposed <laughs> to playing fantastically well on day one and then losing in the cup quarters. So now that we've cleared that up, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room, so to speak. It's uh, it's looming large. Obviously, you guys want to do well in this World Series, but uh, 2016, a big year for for sevens rugby and and South African sevens rugby, the Rio Olympics. How are you feeling in the build up to that? Yeah, obviously that's a big one. I think each rugby nation has literally taken the, the 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 whole mindset and the whole season or whatever the whole the whole mindset has changed in terms of uh, us focusing on on sevens rather than fifteens. You know, um, I think it's a it's a big year for 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 sevens rugby as a whole and for us as well. You can see fifteen uh, fifteen men players coming to this to the game of sevens in time to sneaker spot and now it's a big occasion you know it's a spectacle of a sport that's a pinnacle we want to play in the olympics and it's a special for us i think we i think we have that in the back of our minds but in the same breath we have the series to, to focus on first and that's what we're really talking about right now to focus on what's in front of us uh and not forget that we have the, the season to play first and then uh the olympics coming up so uh, now i think we we have all our focus and energy in that series, and we'll check out the Olympics when it comes. Pretty, I know it's pretty hard to say, but eh, it, it, that's what uh, we're trying to do right now, so that we, we make sure that we focus on the right stuff and, and not only the Olympics, because we have a season ahead of us. You mentioned some of the, the 15-man players who, who've sort of come in and tried to get into the setup, obviously wanting to try and secure one of those spots at, at the Olympics. Two of those players who are now entrenched in that seven squad and, and are, are on the starting line fairly often, Juan de Jong and, and Francois Hochart, both great players. Uh, it, it must be, they must add an interesting dynamic to that team. I mean, the sevens sort of core squad has been around for, for quite a while now, but having two guys with as much experience as they've got in, in the mix now must must be really helpful and, and it must be nice to have those, those guys in the squad. It really is. It really is, my man. I think they're very instrumental to the team and they've done so much. I think you guys watched them over Dubai and Cape Town, how awesome they were on the field. I think they added a different dimension to the game of savings, you know. Coming back from 15, you only, you know, physicality and it's a small space and I think they, they, they bring that physicality to the team, which is much needed because we are regarded as a small team. You know? If you look at us, we're like little minions, we're so short and not so big built, but I think they, they bring a different dimension to our game, which is so great. And I think they're coming a long way as well in, in terms of learning up our like rugby and how we want to play. Uh, credit to them, credit to them. They didn't have much time to, to learn, but they're learning so fast. I really, really have huge respect for them. I think it says a lot for the setup and the systems that are put in at, uh, at Sevens as well, which is which is great. Sibelo, best of luck, uh, safe travels. You guys head off on Saturday uh, to to New Zealand for for that uh, leg, and uh, we look forward to catching up again soon. Good luck on those two, and know that the whole of South Africa is behind you and the rest of the squad. Thank you so so much, my brother. I hope we make you guys proud. Eh? Now they're taking the decision upstairs, John. This is going to be a close call. The home side with everything to play for here. Have they done enough? One decision can change it all. The right call can transform opportunity into measurable results. Make the right call for your business. Partner with the CASA today. You imagine a chartered accountant? We see a business decision maker equipped to inspire future business results. 
Find a responsible business leader at findacasa.co.za. With 134 million rand invested in CSI projects in the past year, members of the Casino Association of South Africa are massive contributors towards social development in South Africa. Last year, 56 million rand was committed to education, 15 million rand spent on health and welfare projects, and 32 million rand went straight back into developing the communities in which CASA member casinos operate. For in-depth information and analysis on how the South African casino industry supports community development, visit the Casino Association of South Africa at www.casasa.org.za. Just when you think you missed that one conversation in that one show? No, you didn't. Catch it once again on overnights, 12 midnights to 4 a.m. Here with me, Nairo Pondwa. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. SFM Sports Wrap. The Ladies Joburg Open concluded at the Kensington, at the Royal Johannesburg in Kensington Golf Club uh, earlier on today. And we spoke to Leanne Pace last night. And uh, what a fantastic performance from her today. She shot a 66. She claimed her seventh consecutive Sunshine Ladies Tour title with a five-stroke victory on a 12 under par total of 204 today. And uh, yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful performance. She was uh, five clear of Bertine Strauss, who was the overnight leader last night. Ashley Simon finished third. Brad Hale from the Sunshine Tour caught up with Leanne Pace following her victory. Leanne, fantastic victory. Um, when we spoke to you yesterday, you mentioned there was added spice with some of the young girls on tour and the strength of the um, Sunshine Ladies Tour. You must be pleased with um, beating them then. Yeah, um, I had to go into fifth gear on the last two holes, but uh, uh, definitely, you know, actually made a move on me in there in the middle. Um, and I did feel a bit of pressure coming from her. She was playing really, really well. Unfortunately, missed a couple of putts. But uh, uh, two to play, I heard Bertina is also on 10 under, so I knew I had to make a couple of birdies towards the end. And I'm just happy I was able to do that. Having that pressure, did that kind of help rather than another kind of runaway victory? <laughs> yeah, I think so, because it tested me. Um, so it was, a, like I say, a real good test before I leave. And if I am in that position again, I, I know I can handle it. So um, loving to play in the tournaments and having that little bit of pressure in the beginning of the year. Nice to get some investor cup points um, on the board. <laughs> Definitely. I really wanted to win this one before I left. Um, so happy I did that. Uh, going away now for two weeks, so the girls... Uh, uh, will win, uh, someone else will win the, the next two, but then I'm coming back and hopefully I can make it eight in a row. SAFM Sports Wrap. That's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. The Talk Shop is up next from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Thanks for listening. More sport tomorrow morning on AM Live. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock, and Greg Coase has got your news.